0: One of the most influential policymakers regarding IT security is Michael Daniel, Special Assistant to the President and White House Cybersecurity Coordinator. Daniel's rise to this current job did not involve an expertise in information security but public policy. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased once again to be speaking with Michael Daniel as part of ISMG's series on the careers of IT security threat leaders and practitioners. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me today. Before we get into your career, take a few moments to explain your job at the White House as cybersecurity coordinator.
1: Sure. My job really here is to focus on coordinating policy across all of the different uh, federal agencies that are involved in cybersecurity, which is quite a number of them. In many ways, you can think of my job as being the chief cat herder for uh, cybersecurity issues inside the administration, but trying to keep all the agencies pointed in the same direction so that we're working towards the same goals and supporting the administration's goals in cybersecurity. Your academic
0: pedigree is quite impressive uh, with degrees in public policy from Princeton and Harvard, as well as the National. Defense Industrial College of the Armed Forces. It seems that security, but not necessarily cybersecurity, was a key part of your education. How did your academic background prepare you to become a policymaker on cybersecurity?
1: Well, I think a lot of the, the focus in uh, the, the academic work that I did is on being able to analyze and break down really complicated public policy problems and present them in a manner that it makes them more ne- amenable to analysis, that makes them more amenable to looking at what the potential solution space is, then figuring out how to actually present them in, and develop solutions in a way that can actually get, for example, buy-in from the different stakeholders, enable them to be rendered in a way that senior policy officials can actually make decisions on these really complicated problems, and then also really focus on being able to then Uh, have the solutions crafted in a way that they can actually be implemented down the road. If you look at the common themes to a lot of those programs, that's really what ties them together.
0: Communications, obviously, is a very important skill, not only just uh, speaking, but writing.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, being able to uh, write clearly, and in particular, take areas that have a lot of jargon, um, and even just uh, technical terms, less pejoratively, and render them into plain English as to what the issue is, and what the key problems are. That's really a very key skill to have in this space. And that's applicable across a whole range of public policy problems, but is certainly true within cybersecurity.
0: Well, your, these various programs, do they teach you to do that, or is that something you just sort of had to figure out on your own?
1: Some of it is a natural skill that people bring uh, to that, both at the Woodrow Wilson School at Princeton and at the Kennedy School in particular, uh, the, there's a real focus on being able to hone your communication skills, really a drive down and focus on how you communicate problems and how you how you break them down. So they really do try to help you hone your skills in those areas and, and improve them. In particular, when I was at the Kennedy School, if you couldn't communicate your problem and your solution in a three-page memo, you know, they, just nobody would look at it, I would say my and that I've learned from being uh, here in Washington for you know, 20 years now and for and working in the White House is you got to get even tighter than that. People's time is very limited, and so there's a real premium on being able to really tighten down and communicate your arguments in as short a space as possible.
0: Well, leading up to your job as cyber security coordinator, you spent seventeen years in the White House Office of Management and Budget, serving as Chief of the Intelligence Branch of National of the National Security Division. What does the Chief of the Intelligence Branch do?
1: So the Intelligence Branch oversees the development of the budget for the intelligence community for the United States and functions as as part of that larger development of the national security budget, uh, the Department of Defense and Department of Veterans Affairs, Department of Energy, and really sort of fits into that uh, into that space, and also serves as the referee for various interagency disputes in uh, the policy space if it's related to to resources. And that branch also focuses on improving the management of the intelligence community. Obviously, that uh, given the intelligence community's concerns about cybersecurity, that's where I really first started getting into uh, the cybersecurity issues and started focusing on how we fund those programs that actually support our cybersecurity operations. Uh, and that's sort of how. I started to make the entree into this into this area.
0: What kind of accounting or financial skills does one need to get to the job that you have now? And, uh, and how did you gain some of that experience at OMB?
1: Interestingly, not accounting in the way that people think of accounting, in the sense of you know dual entry bookkeeping and um, you know standard general ledger and all those kinds of issues, which are important. But it's really the intersection of resources and policy decisions because inevitably the budget is an expression of priorities. We're always, no matter whether you're talking about boom times in federal budgets or whether you're talking about very constrained times like what we're in now, budgets are always about priorities because there's always more priorities than there are resources. It's about making decisions under that constraint of resources. And really, it's about figuring out how you can fund and cover the maximum amount of priorities given the budget that you have and that you're trying to always focus the budget on the highest priority activities. In doing that, you really learn how Washington functions. How do agencies actually concretely get things done? How does the system actually work, if you will, on the back office side to uh, accomplish what it is that the... Uh, policy makers are setting as, uh, as a priority. And so you really, working at OMB, you really develop a deep sense for how that process worked, how there is the interaction between the executive branch and the legislative branch, and how that process works, and then how agencies actually implement and manage and track their their programs. When you then bring that into the policy context where on the National Security Council, where I am now, it gives you a much better appreciation for how hard or easy certain decisions will be to either get to or to implement once you've made them. Uh, and you also have a good sense for what the right levers are to move agencies in the in the direction that the administration wants to go. And then how you actually get things done in, in Washington from a staff level, from an actual implementation level. And that's really the, the kinds of skills that you develop over the years at, at OMB. How, how much
0: do you have to know about the technology behind information security?
1: You have to start to develop a broad sense of the kinds of technology that's available, but you don't have to be a coder in order to really do well in this position. Uh, in fact, actually, I think being too down in the weeds at the technical level could actually be a little bit of a distraction in that sense. Well, how so? Uh, I think the, uh, hang on one second, okay. Uh, I've, unfortunately, I have actually been uh, just called over to the West Wing, um, and so I'm sorry about that.
0: Can we try to pick up and we could just pick up this conversation uh, soon? Yep, absolutely. All right. Sorry about that, Eric. I apologize. I understand. All right. Thanks. Bye bye. Hello. Okay. I'm here. I could tell you where we left off. You said uh, you don't have to be a coder do well. Then you said being too down in the weeds can be a distraction. I said how so, and that's where we were.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think that part of the way that it's a distraction is that you can get taken up and uh, sort of enamored with the very detailed aspects of some of the technical solutions. And, and particularly here at the White House and in other senior policy positions across the government, the real issue is looking at the broad strategic picture and the impact uh, that, that technology will have. But the other issue in my mind is that at a very fundamental level, cybersecurity is not just about the technology, but it's also about the economics of cybersecurity, why companies choose to invest the way they invest. It's about the psychology of cybersecurity, the fact that, you know, one of my things is that expediency trumps cybersecurity every time, meaning that, that people will prioritize convenience over being secure many times. And so you need to have the understanding of those kinds of factors, the psychology, the economics the broad policy, the politics with a little p, in addition to the technology. And so you need to be more of a generalist than having a lot of expertise, particularly in in, uh, the technological side, in order to actually succeed well in this area. Your job, what are the biggest challenges? There are a few that I can uh, identify, one of which is that we don't really actually truly understand all of the economics and psychology behind cybersecurity. We know that a huge number of intrusions rely on known fixable vulnerabilities. Uh, Eric, you've actually heard me talk about this before, that we know that they, that intruders get in through those holes that we know about that we can fix. The question is, why don't we do that? That clearly leads me to the conclusion that we don't really understand all of those economics and psychology well enough. I think another big challenge in this area is that things that we used to be content to leave to the technologists to work on, we're not anymore. And by that, I mean that you know now that people live so much more of their lives online, the privacy issues are much more important than people considered them in the past. Our critical infrastructure is now hooked up to cyberspace in a way that it wasn't before, so the implications are much more severe and serious for us. There's a degree to which there are just a lot more people and processes and issues that are involved now than there were 15 years ago when you talk about what cybersecurity means. We thought that doing cybersecurity in a world of wired desktops was hard. Well, now we're going to have to do it in a world of mobile devices that you know that people are using to upload their social media, and that you know where utility companies are managing their networks over these systems. Complexity there, and the fact that there's so many more issues involved is uh, inherently challenging. And the last is that we don't have very good analogies, I think, from the physical world that map very cleanly into cyberspace. You can't sort of just say treat cybersecurity-like missile defense or a border security problem or even a public health problem. None of those analogies in our mental models from the physical world completely work very well in cyberspace. That means that we're having to invent some uh, new mental models, some new ways of Collaborating both within organizations, across organizations, in order to tackle the cybersecurity problem, and inventing those new mental models and modes of collaboration is really hard. That's a huge challenge in my in my view.
0: Let's talk about people who maybe want to go into this career. What you're sort of describing. What, what's the kind of skill that might, people might
1: need? So I actually think there's a whole broad swath of skill sets that we need. We do need the people with the technical skills and the hard coder. Skills and we need a fair number of those, actually. But we also need people who can understand their sectors. For example, people who are experts in how does the plumbing, for example, of the utility sector actually work. How does the industry actually think about these problems? So you need some sort of technical business side, and you need some sort of more traditional business side uh, approaches to things. How do businesses think about this, uh, the issue of cybersecurity and a risk? Framework. You also need people that can bring the skills that are the policy analysis skills more in, in my area of how do you actually craft solutions that um, w- are workable in the public policy space. I think the one thing that is very true about the cybersecurity area is it is a growth industry uh, for the country for some time um, and that there's actually really a lot of space to bring a lot of different skills uh, to the table. If I look at my own staff here within the National Security Council, we have some people that, are, that have very deep, deep technical knowledge. We have lawyers. We have folks that have spent time in the national security community. We've got people that have been in, in law enforcement. And we need all of those different kinds of skills coming to the table in order to actually tackle the problem. You're a student of the martial arts. I believe you have a black belt, right?
0: <laughs> That's true. Are there lessons one learns from the martial arts that can be applied to a career in cybersecurity?
1: Oh, I think that there are, yes, is the short answer. But I think that there are certainly those skills are even broadly broadly applicable. Certainly the the discipline that comes from studying a martial art and practicing over and over and over again. Um, but there are also other things that m- much of what we talk about is sort of the redirection of, of opponents' uh, attacks, for example, to have that work to your advantage instead of their advantage. And there are many uh, ways in which we need to think about that in terms of uh, of cybersecurity. A clear example of that is uh, traditionally we talk about cyberspace favoring the intruder, and in many ways it does. But if you flip the problem around at its head, think about all the steps that the intruder has to go through in order to be successful. You disrupt any one of those steps that you can disrupt and defeat uh, their intrusion. And so look at it in that way, you have many more options from the defense side than you may have originally thought that you did. Bringing some of that same mindset in from uh, the martial arts I do uh, pretty regularly. Well, thanks, Michael. Thank you, Eric.
0: That's White House Cybersecurity Coordinator and Special Assistant to the President, Michael Daniel. I'm Eric Chabro for Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.